I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host contributor at Mavs.com. The last dance dude, the one more thing king. What you got for me, Daddy Harris? I'm back. <laughs> to the I mean, that facts. And those those what was it? Eight characters, uh, two words, I guess. Uh just the most iconic you knew it was coming in the documentary but man this as far as the last dance goes this was my favorite week so far Mm. of this documentary my favorite two episodes i enjoyed every single bit of this i enjoyed all the emotions about it Uh, i love the topics that they touched on and uh i'm just going to echo something that ryan rosillo said uh, on twitter earlier tonight he said i'm still waiting for the moment i'm supposed to hate mj because yeah i'm still not there it's like a lot of this, like you knew the type of player and person he was to his teammates. So it's like, we expected this. Now we're hearing like actual quotes and stuff that a lot of us have never heard before, but I'm still in this mode. I'm like, all right. So where, when is this time coming? I guess we have two episodes left for us to uh, start to hate him. But that was like a big thing going into this. On today's show, we are going to break down and recap and react to episodes seven and eight. The third and fourth last episodes, I guess, of of The Last Dance. There's two more left coming next week. So, The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary on ESPN. You can watch all of them there. Uh, We're going to break down some of those incredible, incredible moments on this week's episode of The Last Dance. Uh, Jordan talks about his dad, his dad's death. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jordan's first retirement from basketball, playing baseball. Uh, He talks about, you know, like Isaac said, talking about talking trash to his own teammates and trying to bring his other teammates up to his level. Uh, his comeback, losing to Orlando that year, wearing number 45, going to number 23 in the same game. Uh, the Space Jam saga and all of that. Uh, the Steve Kerr story he tells in depth. And then you know winning that title, um, sobbing on the floor on, on Father's Day against the Sonics. I mean, just, mm-hmm. just an incredible, incredible, like, incredible time in like sports history really like just all that stuff because it's just so many unprecedented things over and over and over again so let's let's get into it but before we do today's episode is brought to you by built bar built bar is a protein bar tastes like a candy bar go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your first order now let's get back to locked on built bar i mean locked on mass let's talk about let's talk about the mass let's talk about jordan <laughs> so i thought that Jordan's dad, uh, it was such a powerful, it's such a powerful story, and it's such a, a wild story. It would make an incredible movie, I think, uh, if you could if you could pull it off right, if you could get the right people to act in it, if you could get the right like mood, because there's just it's it's incredibly strange that his so for those that maybe didn't watch it, uh, his dad is is off on a trip golfing with some friends, driving. And he's driving late at night, and he stops in this parking lot and and takes a nap, and then they don't hear from him for like they don't hear anything from him for three weeks. Like he's just he's missing. They haven't heard from him. Uh, Obviously, this is before cell phones mostly, but 
they they haven't heard that they didn't hear a call the mom didn't hear from him and all of a sudden you know the, the jordan and his siblings started to say you know when his when their mom started to get worried that's when they started to get worried and then later they found his body in a creek and found that his car had been broken into and completely ransacked and that it was just these two like 18 year olds that had come up and shot him and had uh, like ransacked the car and all this stuff and it, it i mean that's just it's so strange and that it's you wonder if they knew it was Michael Jordan's dad before or at what mm. point did they realize it, right? Like, that's the one thing I think of, and maybe it's just too many too, true crime shows and things like that. I always think of, like, what's their motive? Did they realize what they were getting into? But, uh, man, and then Jordan's response to it, um, you know, was... Uh, and the media response. Jordan, yeah, well, was uh, just... yeah, that's the the ensuing, like, afterwards, the, the, the cause and effect... You know, the media response to it was completely crazy. But I just want to talk about, like, Jordan's response to it first. I mean, it it came as a shock that his dad died. It wasn't one of these things where, where even, you know, his dad had cancer and it was still tragic, but that he kind of saw it coming. It, was, it came out of nowhere, and it just shocked him to his core. Yeah, you know, I, gosh, you know, I talk about how much I love Jordan and how he got me into, you know, loving basketball. But it was more towards... The, the later part, that second half of the 90s run, that last run uh, to when I fully, I really remember that stuff. So like 93, I was so young back then that I don't really remember. I remember as a, as a kid getting older, hearing about, it's like, oh, I knew his dad was murdered. I knew that he retired, you know, after that season. But it's like, I never, I think one of the, the parts of this documentary that I've really, um, came to understand a lot is exactly why he retired that first time. And it's like everything was building up so much after that third title. And really his, his dad that, you know, was the last kind of straw in that. And just in how the media reacted to that and how they went the whole speculative route. And I mean, Gosh, it's just another prime example of why you see sometimes players don't like us media uh, when spe- speculative reporting uh, goes on and newsflash still goes on to this day. Oh, and, even uh, more so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like it's even more now than it is back then. Um, but okay, if I can go on, if I can go on a slight media tangent here, is that there's always going to be crazies. There's always going to be people that have the headline or just the, the title for the clickbait, right? It wasn't clickbait back then. It was I don't know, pay a quarter for a, a paper bait, you know, like, I don't know, headline bait. I don't know, uh, stay on the channel bait because there's only three of them. But there's. There's always going to be those people. Just right now, it's there's more media than ever, and it's harder to cut through. And right and and back then, there was more Michael Jordan coverage than ever before, so it was hard to cut through, right? And so yeah. now we see so much clickbait, you know, media all across the landscape because there's so much media in everything. It's just so easy. I mean, two of us idiots can sit down and have a podcast and talk about you no know, the Mavericks and the NBA, and people will will listen to us. Um, and all, Anybody can do it. I mean, I, I talk to people yeah. all the time about starting their own podcast. And so it's so easy to start and so easy to do it. It's hard to cut through. And so we see more of that. And I think that was, there was a glimpse of that with the Jordan coverage. There's just so much Jordan coverage. You see every single media scrum. There's a thousand people around him. Uh, when he first retired from basketball, there's an incredible amount of cameras and reporters there. Uh, you just wonder how many of those were from like, you know, Dayton, Ohio, right? Like how many of those are just from a place that has no connection to him, but because he's such a huge story and a huge figure. I mean, they even mentioned the documentary. It, it was a place, it was a time where you remember where you were when you heard that Jordan was retiring for the first time. 
And that, that, that is just wild. Uh, and, but so if you didn't watch the documentary, you should. But there's uh, the speculation was that Jordan's gambling somehow intertwined in some conspiracy with his dad's death, his dad's murder. That, you know, they were trying to get his bookies were trying to get back in him or like something along those lines. It's, that was just a crazy, crazy trail that they went down. And that obviously affected Jordan. And it should. And, and I agree with you saying that. That, uh, you know, one of the things that you realized in this was that all the, the things are starting to add up with why Jordan uh, decided to walk away. Even I think Hannah Storm in her in her current day interview said, you know, it's still just so strange why Jordan would walk away at that time. And it, it surprised everyone. And now looking back, you're just like, it doesn't like, no, surprise it me at sense. all. It yeah. co- completely makes sense if you build it up the way that this documentary has. He's completely exhausted. He's you know mentally and emotionally drained. And maybe it's because we're more aware of mental health now than than mm. maybe that they were back then. Maybe we're more war- more aware of fatigue than they were back then. Uh, the media stress and all of that. But uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he would want to take a break and want to you know to do something else. Especially then after you know his dad's death just completely escalated all those other issues. Yeah, and the fact that he walked in Phil's office after, and it's like, hey, I don't, I don't have anything that's motivating me anymore. He didn't. He had accomplished everything. He'd won everything. He won three straight titles. But then, yeah, all the stuff of media and just the fame, and and then his dad stuff, and that whole retirement thing. Yeah, I mean, we were so young back then. I don't, I never fully grasped. Like my wife looked at me tonight and said. Dang, can you imagine how big of a deal that was back then? It's like they show clips of all these major news people. And it's like CBS, ABC, and all this stuff. And it's like, we're airing live tonight or today, his retirement thing. And the commissioner of the NBA was at sitting at the table with <laughs> at his retirement. Like, how often does that happen in any sport? That well, it only happens if he gets suspended. So <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> that's always been one of the like the, that's been a, one of the funniest theories in my lifetime because yeah, there's so much stuff about it that's funny about it. But just the fact that David Stern would <laughs> at the height of the NBA and Michael Jordan as big as he is that he would look at Jordan and say, "Hey, you're gonna be suspended for two years." Like you would take out your top star, the guy who's like make the yeah. Anyway, but that Th- that know. conspiracy is one of those conspiracy Bill like Bill Simmons conspiracies that you couldn't tell. 100% if he was joking or if he was serious about it and some people just took him completely serious on it and adopted it adopted that conspiracy for their own I feel like I feel it's like, like we can directly trace that conspiracy back to Bill Simmons at least for our generation it's like the moment somebody like would it's like the equivalent of somebody would send you that or believes in that and you're like dang like a close friend or somebody that means a lot to you and you really respect and they like will send you that theory and you're like oh, come on you're like one of them it's kind of like when somebody sends you like like that pandemic video and you're like dang you're one of them you, you actually believe it. anyway I shouldn't have said that on the pot, but um, <laughs> um oh, oh boy <laughs> back to you build edit, bar you, you can you can edit that out uh, but anyway uh, just the the feat that his retirement ceremony was and then him stepping away and obviously going and then going into the baseball part Terry Francona pops up on my screen. I'm like, how are you the coach back then? I'm like, so, this is so wild. Uh, which, yeah, goes on, you know, to coach the uh, the Indians, but obviously the Red Sox and stuff too. But I, I think a lot of us look back at that baseball time for MJ, and I think a lot of people just look at him and be like, oh, he was trash. And it's like, he sucked. And I love Jordan's mindset of it. 
during that time because to him he's like I don't give a crap what you guys think about my baseball skills I'm doing this because I want to do it he didn't care what people thought about it it's because him and his dad that was his first sport and him and his dad his dad told him yeah go play baseball and for him it was like a thing between him and his dad that I wanted to go play baseball he wanted to give it a shot and it doesn't matter all the articles being written about him no matter what people said about him, he's like I don't care like I'm playing this just because I want to play it and yeah some of the stats coming out of it is like the 13 game hitting streak at the beginning or as soon as he started I didn't know that I'm like oh that's kind of cool uh and then yeah some of his averages hitting over 200 after not playing baseball for like 14 years that's actually a pretty incredible feat if you really think about it from a baseball perspective um but yeah, I, I think and another small thing in there was the the sports Illust- sports illustrated article. Oh boy. That didn't even interview him, that put that blasted, you know, Jordan for basically sucking at baseball. Said and, that he uh, he and the White Sox were embarrassing the game of baseball. Now, baseball is this, all right, coming up. Let's talk about that article real quick, and then let's get into some more about Jordan. Let's get into some more about uh, him and his teammates. Also if you are a fan of the Enneagram, my wife and I have figured out Jordan's Enneagram number. It's a personality quiz, and I think we figured out his number. So coming up, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Sports Illustrated article. But before we do, Isaac Harris, what's the last built bar you, you tried? Oh, mint brownie. It's a mint good brownie one. With, uh, literally, mint brownie. I would eat that probably every day for like maybe breakfast or you something. You love the I- mint one. I did. I love the mint brownie one. And guys, I, I'm not going to lie. I was really skeptical about protein bars. I'm like, hey, they're just sponsoring the pod. This is cool. Let's hype it up. And I literally texted Nick. I'm like, this is really good. Like, I actually really like this mint brownie protein bar. So I'm I'm all about it. I like the salted caramel one. There's a handful of them that I really like. Yeah, the mint one is really good. The chocolate one is really good. Built Bar, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. There's 16 other flavors or 15 other flavors besides the mint one that Isaac likes. The chocolate on the outside is has been my favorite. I mean, on every single one of them, it's so consistent, so good. Uh, I've put mine in the fridge, and I like just I like that it's uh, I like that the chocolate is cold. I like that uh, it crunches when you chew it. When the, the chocolate on the outside, it's it's great. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They are delicious, for sure. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. And right now, listeners to Lockdown Mavericks can go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get 10 whole dollars off of your first order. Just use the promo code LOCKDOWN, $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Link in the description of this podcast. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into that Sports Illustrated article that says Jordan and the White Sox are embarrassing baseball. Now, the game of baseball has, for a long time, been hemorrhaging fans, <laughs> losing fans, and uh, not appealing to a younger audience. And one the of the ul- reasons... The ultimate gatekeepers. One of the reasons is because of what you just said. The ultimate gatekeepers. They are the people that just take their sports so seriously. They won't put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, which is just insane. Get out of here. And now they, and they do stories like this where it's, where it's like Jordan is embarrassing baseball. He's playing in double A. He's not even playing in the – like if he was playing in the major leagues, right, and if Tim Tebow did the same thing, right, like if they put him in the major leagues just to sell tickets, that at that point maybe it's it's a sideshow. It's maybe embarrassing game. He's playing in double A. Who cares about double A? Whose spot is he really taking in double A baseball, like the second highest 
Or the, no, I, it's like there's three levels or four levels of minor league, and he's on the second level just because of his popularity. I mean, it, to to write an article like that really just shows baseball coverage and the way people like baseball people talk about baseball, and it just dr- drives me nuts because. One, I didn't get a job because I wasn't good at baseball, and so that really frustrates me when people take baseball so seriously. But that just uh, drives me nuts about baseball coverage, and it's one of the reasons why that sport is not doing well and basketball is doing well because it doesn't take itself too seriously most of the time. Yeah, I mean, it brought more attention to the sport, so you feel like that they would be uh, happy about the, happy about that. And it's not like they put them in the home run derby or something. Well, well back in the then, baseball game, was like, almost at its peak, right? That's 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 uh, Mark McGuire, that's Sammy Sosa era, right then. Yeah, not yeah, not quite to their home run like stretch. It's but all, we're almost there. Yeah, getting there. Talk yeah. about embarrassing your sport. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I have a thing against baseball. I have a thing against <laughs> baseball. I do. I don't know why. But yeah, what so if t- I, what if I just roasted you on all, in, in any of your take? Like you just say something great about the Lakers. I'm like, okay, cool, Nick Angstead. Cool, because he just said Scott Burrell every time. Every time, it's like Scott Burrell, Scott Burrell, Mike, bro. Like I, we get it. I have a theory about this in life. There are certain names you just say the full name, right? There are just certain names you just say the the full name. Um, None of them. Jim Jones, break the uh, you know, drink the Kool Aid. Jim Jones, Jones. (laughs) Michael Jordan. If you say Jordan, like eh, it's okay. There's just certain names you say the whole name though. Uh, and Scott Burrell just happened to be one of those one of those names, but it ha- the the last name has to be fast. Scott Burrell, yeah, boom, quick. Uh, so Scott so Burrell. all the teammate stuff, I didn't really have an issue. All I, I laughed through all of it just because this is just who he was, and even like the end of I thought one of the most powerful moments of the entire documentary so far was the end of episode seven, the first episode tonight. Jordan is explaining his competitive competitiveness <laughs> and he's explaining like just like winning has a price leadership has a price he's explaining his fire this goes back to that it factor like we I could totally see Kobe saying this and saying all of this stuff and Jordan literally starts crying at the end of the episode because he's so emotional and passionate about that and about that fire and it factor I'm like my god like we're 20 years later and he's just reminiscing about it. And the dude is crying about it. And I'm just, yeah, that's the it factor, man. Not everybody has that. And there's a lot of prominent players today that do not have that. I would say all of them. Okay. I I I would say none of them have that. No, no, no. Yeah. No, that, that, that right there, that's a level, man. It's just, I'm like, I don't have that. I, like yeah, I don't have I that at all. Just the just the just to see that it's so like inspiring. It, like it made me just want to go and like, hey, let me just go run like four miles because he just had that. I just want an ounce of that. Just give me like a just an ounce of that. Just I don't know. I just I thought that was so powerful of a moment. The problem is, and it's a problem for me and probably a lot of other people, is the inspiration starts and you're like, all right, let me run, let me go run, and I run you know half a mile. I get tired, and then I'm like, I don't have the fi- the fire doesn't continue. <laughs> right? It's just the inspiration the shallow inspiration hits you and then there's just none of the resolve to take you through but Jordan had both the inspiration with those little things that he talks about where he was slighted by George Carl in a restaurant where George Carl uh, you know had had known Jordan and like they had a relationship and he saw him in a restaurant and they just walked by him and didn't say hi to him or uh, the thing that he made up about 
uh, Bradford. Le Bradford guy, <laughs> BJ Armstrong's man, yeah. like laughing and 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 uh, high fiving after the Hornets won that one game. Like he had the the inspiration in those, but Jordan also had the resolve to finish all that. He had, you know, the you know, and I think I think LeBron like has that resolve, but I don't. We don't want to get we don't want to get into. This. <laughs> it's like certain certain people, certain athletes, certain have that resolve to get to that certain point, but it's just that next that next fire to get them, you know, yeah. to help them sustain it and get it, you know, to the hottest point, right? Like you can you can sustain like LeBron stated like. I don't want to do this anymore. No, <laughs> I'm backing up. I'm backing up. Jordan had the like the he had the fire to sustain, and also the peaks of the fire too, where he could just yeah. at any moment just pull it out uh, and and you know inspire himself <laughs> with anything. Like that LeBradford story is one of the biggest ones. Oh man, we're really off the rails here on this. Like that, like his ability to find things to push him to these next levels. I mean, he. Michael Jordan couldn't make anything personal. I mean, anything. And it's like he's the it seems like he's the king of grudge holders. And, and I mean, the Sports Illustrated thing to this day. I mean, he still doesn't like Sports Illustrated. Has this whole thing <laughs> because of that thing back then. It it hit personally. The BJ Armstrong thing celebrating after that. It's like I mean, he was pissed about it. George Carl, like you said, just walking by him and not even like acknowledging, stopping and talking to him. He's like, it started then. Like it pissed him off and he's ready to go. I'm like, bro, he was just searching for stuff and he finds these things and it just makes him go to this next level. And I mean, from, and he, he always delivered at it. (laughs) It's like at, at the highest level, he always delivered at it. And you look at like the Gary Payton stuff. I was, that, that was one of my favorite parts too, at the very end of him just like, cracking up about Gary Payton, you know, them, which was a great directing moment. You know, just they just cut straight to it goes from Gary Payton talking and all of it just straight That's what changed to the Jordan. series. That's what changed the series. And I wish we would have done it earlier. I don't know if, you know, putting me on Jordan would have changed this, the outcome of the series. But I, I wore him down. I, you know, we took him and, you know, I just said, whatever you got to do, wore, wore, wear Jordan down and get there and blah, blah, blah. And then he cuts to Jordan. And Jordan goes, the glove? I had no problem with the glove. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, that's some goat stuff right there. Him watching Peyton, like Peyton finishing that quote on the iPad iPad. because it cuts to Jordan. It's a meme already. It's just like quiet, and it's just him listening. And dude just starts laughing and laughing. And it's just an incredible, iconic laugh. And uh, yes, that was one of my, my favorite parts, too. Um can we go back to Scotty quitting real quick? Absolutely. A lot more stuff coming up. <laughs> All right, Isaac. <laughs> Let's go back to uh, this, the <laughs> moment where Jordan is playing baseball. He's not He's not on the Bulls. Uh, if you can't follow the timeline, we're going all over the place too. But no. Jordan is playing baseball. It's just the Scotty Pippen-led Bulls. And the moment when Scotty Pippen doesn't go into the game, refuses to go into the game because his number's not called at the end of a playoff game, it's Tony Kukoc's number called. So Pippen says, I'm not going in because he's pissed that Kukoc is getting this last shot. And I can't help to think from Kukoc's angle because I'm like, homeboy here was 
like not even on on like in like the NBA and was just playing for his national team when the <laughs> Bulls general manager was just like scouting him, wanting him, and Jordan and Pippen had it out for him. They wanted to prove it, prove him wrong. Then this guy's sitting in a huddle and Phil just calls his number and says, All right, you're gonna take this last shot. And it just disrupts everything on the team. And <laughs> Pippen gets pissed. And it's like Dude, like Kukoc, I feel like is in these like horrible spots sometimes, and he did nothing to like m- get him in these spots. And I just felt bad for him because you know he's like walking back to the locker room, hyped that he hit the shot, but everyone else, and then like this dude is hyped that he hit a game winner, goes back to the locker room, and Bill Cartwright gives a crying speech <laughs> about how Pippen like hurt Quit him and the hurt team. the team. Yeah. yeah, and it's like you know Tony's over in the corner like. All right, cool. Like I just hit the game winner. No one cares right now. So oh, I just no kinda, way. Awesome. <laughs> I just uh, I felt bad for Ku Coach and uh, yeah, the Pippen quitting thing. Uh, it's yeah, that was a crazy thing. Scotty, even in today's time, going back on it, even him saying he's like, I wish you know, yeah, I wish I could, uh, I wish I never did it or something. But then he went back on that and said. Yeah, well, but you know, in I a documentary, in the interview, he says, "I I would have not done anything different." And I'm like, eh. he says that, and I I cringed, and my wife goes, "Well, maybe he learned something." My wife is the eternal optimist, and he she finds. Uh, what when serial killers are on TV, she's like, "Well, you know, but they had a rough childhood." You're like, "Come on," but she goes, "Well." Maybe he learned stuff from it, and he he would rather not, you know, take away from the lessons that he learned from that and became a better person because of that decision that he made. That's why he wouldn't do anything different. I said, okay, that that kind of makes sense. However, if you could go back with all the lessons still have learned, yeah, you you, you change it over again. Come on, Scott. Come yes. on, Scotty. There's so oh my gosh, there, there's so many things we we, we could talk for hours about this uh, this documentary. But teams in the nineties, I. I'm still on this thing. I know, I know, like I tweeted out some teams I really enjoyed in the 90s and I would still go back and watch to this day, but that Magic team but was none of a them lot were the bad of, boy Pistons. <laughs> was, was a lot of fun. That Sonics team was a lot of fun to watch. I enjoyed some of those Pacers teams. Well, you saw This is like the NBA Jam era, right? Where you have a bunch of yeah. duos that are, that are super fun together. And when you know we're not getting any anything with the Rockets who win those two titles there uh, in between they those two years. Mentioned them except for the Clyde Drexler no. stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the closest they got because even that Magic team, you know, <laughs> even that Magic team with Shaq and them go into the finals and get swept. So it's a uh, you know, I, I just like some of those nineties um, teams. There was something that the jerseys in the nineties. Oh yeah. Jerseys was incredible. Uh, the soundtrack we were just talking about. This uh, there's a Spotify playlist of the soundtrack for this documentary, so that's awesome. Um, I thought something that that Grover said. You know, this is you know his trainer, and I thought it's something he said about about Jordan. I think Grover is actually getting a little emotional when he said this. I think this speaks a volume too that. I wonder, and I, I was waiting for Twitter to kind of grab this quote and try to turn it into a resting players in today's game. I thought you were going to say said, when he didn't have Steve Kerr's number. 
<laughs> no, it's when he said, <laughs> if you're, he's talking about Jordan and Jordan told him, he said, if you're going to talking about fans, if you're going to, if you're going to sit down and give me three hours of your day to watch me play, I'm going to give you my best. And that was like his drive and like part of his drive that I want to get, I want to put out every single night and give you my best. If you as a fan are going to pay money and come to these games or watch me on TV, I want to put up the best product. And that's not the same thing today. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Not a, not every player has that. Also, not every player had it back then either, right? Like we're, we're, I, agree, I agree, but mm, different nowadays. Okay, but that's it's an unfair comparison. It's it, that's what that that was Jordan's thing. That's not true. 90s basketball thing, right? Not 90s basketball thing, but it's a Jordan thing. Say, it's Jordan specific. Okay, I answer this. Would you so say are you doing the LeBron say, Jordan thing? Or are you doing the players back then LeBron. to players I'm now? Say, we can do players, players. I'm saying, would you, you, you choice if you had to choose, would you say more players had that mindset back then or now? Well, I was like three years old back then, so I don't know. No, I'm, I'm saying if you had to pick, well, you would say back then, right? That more players care day to day about games. If people had, if you had, if you had to pick a decade or a generation, or whatever, to have a mindset like that, which one would you pick? Because I guarantee you there'd be more players in the '90s that had that mindset than they do now. Because that's such a broad brush to paint with, though. I, I don't even is, think that's it a, it's broad. not a fair comparison at all. I think that this but, that was Jordan's thing, and I think potentially players took from Jordan's lead in that way. And okay. maybe that's why it seems like that more. But nowadays, people are, are taking more. In the playoffs, I take today's playoffs over you know old playoffs. But like effort, guys care about the playoffs. And if you watch defense, like mm. defense now is more active, and people are seem to care more than defenses. You know, like in the eighties, mm. the eighties defense guys are like, how slow is that guy? Like, there's, there's no way. Yeah, but they're also putting people on their backs too. Man. Well, that's probably uh, why they're so slow. They don't want to run and catch up to them. They're <laughs> punched in the face. Yeah, I, I can't say that somebody in the 80s didn't have as much effort. If they're putting people on their backs and they can put hands on people, uh, I can't say that you know they didn't give the same effort as people do now. I just thought that that quote from Jordan says more about him as a player and as a person and as an entertainer than it says about the whole era. Right? Like, okay, I, I I'll, think, say, I'll, tell you, I'll say this. I wish more players had that mindset. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you True. there. I wish more players, like, all the time. Like, you know, there's so many players throughout history. You're like, man, if that player had that mentality, then what could – what if Shaq had that mentality? You know, like, mm. what could he have been? You know, there's times when he came into camp and he was 340 pounds, 350 pounds. You know, like, can you imagine if he had that kind of mentality? Um but but that's why you look at the the Jordans, the Kobe's, and then even a guy like Russell Westbrook, like he has that mentality, right? Where he's gonna he's gonna play like that. He's not as yeah. talented. He's not as good as those guys, but he has that mentality but still. He's got it. Where he's yeah. gonna go in and he's gonna you know you know try his hardest and he's gonna play hard you know all the time and maybe to his detriment at times. But uh, yeah, he has he has that, and that's when when people talk about that you know how they're going to try hard every single night. There's just there's very few players that can even get to that level cuz it's hard. 82 games is hard for anybody. Uh, okay, before we, before we finish, I do want to talk about Jordan. So the way that he talks about the story with Steve Kerr and the way that he talked about his teammates made me and my wife think about Jordan and his personality and I think he's an 8. 
A lot of people say even the even the Enneagram website says that Jordan is a three, which is what I am. It's like uh, they call that the achiever. They're the success oriented, pragmatic, adaptive, excelling, driven, image conscious. Which yeah, like all those things you could think of as Jordan. But the challenger is number eight, and that's a per- this is a personality t- quiz. It's called the Enneagram. E N N E A G R A. You said you're a three. I'm a three. Yeah, I'm a five. And the challenger is powerful, dominating, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. This is the person that you, and the reason why my wife who's, who has read books on this Enneagram and like really enjoys learning about it. When, uh, when Steve Kerr earned Jordan's trust and earned his respect, that's when she realized like, oh, he's an eight. He's the one that you have to earn it with him. You can't just, uh, you know, show him that you're a good player and then he'll earn it. You have to like be a dog. <laughs> like you have to punch back. You have to stand up for yourself in a way. And that's how you earn the respect. So that's what we think he's an eight. Interesting. I'm not, I researched Enneagram stuff back last year, but I've forgotten a lot of it. I just know I'm a five and I follow some five Instagram things. And it's really, I think it really helps relationships and like marriages. Now we're going down a tech talk, Ted talk here, but <laughs> just understanding like different things about each other that way yeah cool. key motivations for an eight want to be self-reliant to prove their strength and, and resist weakness to be important in their world to dominate the environment and to stay in control of their situation i think that's short <laughs> yeah to be dominant in their environment um so man there's so many more things we could get to also when talking about jordan uh when jordan was talking about the people that would say oh he's you know too hard on his teammates he's too uh you know he he talks trash to him too much he goes over the line he said michael jordan said this people would say he's a tyrant no 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 that's you because you never won anything (laughs) oh come on i mean yeah that's a quote right there he's a tyrant no that's you because you never won anything oh man Dude, he had some remarkable quotes in in like this week in these two episodes. So, yeah, and that that was one of the best ones by far. I do want to say this before we get off. Um, one I know more there's thinking been a, strikes again. Well, I know there's been a lot of uh, stuff that happened over the weekend as far as updates. The yeah. you know all the Woj bombs, all this stuff. We're gonna get into all of that on tomorrow's podcast and just talk about what the updates and everything stands and our opinions on it, all this different stuff. So yeah, that'll be tomorrow. Thanks for sticking with us, guys. Man, this. I, I know some of us are, are struggling out there, and we understand. I'm having some days where I'm like, man, this feels like it's gonna last forever, but. It will come to an end. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom.